Hey, Dad. Hey, how you doing, Dave? Good. So I, I was preaching a sermon the other day, and uh, this lady came up to me. She approached me after the message, and as soon as I saw her, I'm like, oh, no. It's one of these hyper-spiritual people. Um, I learned to identify them early on. Really? In oh. a lot of the churches we used to, used to pastor. <laughs> For some reason, you drew these weird hyper-spiritual people. Birds of a feather, man. What do you say? Yeah. So Emily, you know, she's sitting with me and she's all like oh you know she's always so kind and i'm like as soon as i saw a lady i'm like warning 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 <laughs> danger will yeah Robinson. she so she comes to me and she's like i'd like to know where the church's stance is on theologically and i'm like first of all i'm like she i know she wants to know about the gifts of the spirit right i think that's the one yeah, yeah. so i'm like i was telling her and emily's like afterwards emily's like how did you know to go right there? I'm like, I know those people, man. Obviously, I can spot them a mile away. And then she's like, I'd like to know your stance on the end times. And I'm like, well, I don't even know what our stance is on the end times. And my stance is evolving. Is that? Yeah, we're in favor of it. Yeah, I believe the end times will come at the end. So anyways, then she, this whole thing is she's like, well, I, no offense. She's like, but your message today was really milk. And I'm at the point that I need meat in my spiritual walk. And I was like, Oh, here we go. <laughs> and it just reminded me of these hyper-spiritual, they would use their spirituality for manipulating you to make you feel less yeah. than or to make them feel better than you. Yeah. And I remember <clears throat> those kind of people used to intimidate me. Now I just kind of laugh at them because I'm like, you're just probably really spiritually immature. But they think they're very spiritually mature because they understand eschatological things or whatever. Like so, Those like with big words. Like with this lady, I messed with her, her, and I was like, "Well, I, you know, I mean, it depends on your, you know, on your eschatological framework. Are you, you know, we started talking post millennial, and she didn't know what any of that meant. Yeah, all she knew about was the rapture, right? I'm yeah. like, well, I can, I can play your game here, but." What do you do with those hyper spiritual people? And and the crazy thing is, here's the really crazy thing. Sometimes those hyper spiritual people are in tune with something yeah. that we need. Yeah. At which I've had people that I'm like, that person is so weird. And then I'll come up and be like, I feel like the Lord told me to tell you this. And I'm like, oh, they nail it, right? How would you know that? Yeah, exactly. So I don't, we can't just kick them out. Yeah. <laughs> we need them around. But how yeah. do you deal with those loons, those loony kind of, overly everything's like a sign and the lord spoke to me today and what do you yeah. do with those people because apparently they like you so how do you deal what? with it because every time you pastored a church you had tons of them around you they like me okay yeah, yeah, yeah. i guess that's a good sign i don't know um well i all i know is like in thessalonians it talks about that you you see typically those people have one of two things they're either very insecure yeah or they've been, or and or, and usually it's an and. They've been hurt a lot, and so that that kind of that facade is a way of keeping people from getting into me mm. um, by by coming across with that sort of a thing. And so, I, you know, it, you have to treat them gently, and you have to be loving. You 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 can because again, you never know what you know. Here's the thing: in the New Testament, it talks about when when a prophecy is given. Um, and you know, I believe in is this the verse words. you referred to in Thessalonians? No, no, this is in Corinthians. I think okay. First Corinthians okay. twelve or fourteen, one of those. But it talks about when a prophecy comes forward, it's publicly spoken that it's to be judged. Which, uh, to be clear, hyper spiritual people love prophecy. 
Yeah. 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 Well, I do too. If it's right, I'd like to know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't? (laughs) But, but the idea is it's to be judged by those in authority, positions of authority to determine whether it's right or wrong. Because again, we all see in part, we all hear in part. And so when a person like that comes up and she says, you know, this is milk and I need meat, it's like, well, bless you. You know, I hope you can find it somewhere, you know, but the fact is a lot of my congregation here is just barely learning to drink milk. The crazy thing is I think most of them are more mature than her. Probably so. But again, um, it's it's out of her own hurt that she's doing. Yeah, yeah. And so to inflict more hurt is not beneficial. And so if you can just gent- gently love those people, perhaps. So belittling isn't the answer? Probably not. <laughs> you know, it, just remember what's the old saying? If you belittle, you only be little. Uh, you know, so well, don't be little. But, but sometimes these hyper spiritual people are so condescending. I'll never forget. I know. A friend we used to have, and I would avoid the guy because every time we'd walk down the hall, he'd be like, hey, hey, Joel, Joel, you know, I was meditating on Zechariah 113 today. Do you know what Zechariah 113 says? And I'm like, no, Joe, I don't know offhand what Zechariah 113 <laughs> you says. You don't? I'm disappointed. Like, and he'd be like, well, here's what it says. And then, and do you know what that means, Joel? And I'd be like, no, Joe, I don't know what that means. And Zechariah 1, the obscure, and well, here's what it means. And the Lord showed me, and I'm like, dude, I would avoid the guy when well, I see him. once in a while he was right, huh? I stopped listening, so I may have missed out on some tremendous prophecy for my future. I could be further along down the path if I had to listen to the guy. You probably could. But he drove me insane with these, do you know? I'm like, I don't know what your obscure verse in Malachi means, but anyways. Well, okay, so you're asking, how do you deal with it? Here's a principle you see in Scripture. You always battle with the opposite spirit. Oh, wow. Okay, and by that, it's, it's the idea of, you know, Jesus said, I send you out as lambs among wolves, exact opposite, you know? Um, it, so much in scripture, it's counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you want to get, you give, uh, if you want to be a leader, you be a servant. And it's the same way. It's, it's that opposite spirit. And so here they're coming in with it. They may not identify it as arrogance. It is arrogance though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. They probably wouldn't. So how do you, how, what's the opposite of arrogance? Humility. You, you, you come back with humility uh, and, and humility is always the answer. I hate it. I know. <laughs> Uh, well, I didn't write the book, or it would have been different. But anyway. it's like again, they hurt people, and so hurting them more is not going to help anything. And if you can, if you can come alongside and just basically, um, you know, it doesn't mean you have to listen to it. Doesn't mean you have to pander to it necessarily. Mm-hmm. You might just say, you know, I probably could receive that a little more if it, if you didn't come across so weird. <laughs> you know, wait, can, is that can I, can I say that? I think so. Maybe okay, all right. in a loving way. <laughs> you know, because again. We, we we do tend to think, I think every Christian culture sort of develops its definition of what is spiritual. Ah, that's a really good point. And yeah. like the one we came from, it's very, ooh, you know, kind of a, I've heard from the Lord sort of a thing, you know. With others, it's, well, I move slowly and I talk slowly, so therefore I'm being spiritual. Yeah, I'll never forget you know? going to a church one time. The, it was my first time at the church, and the the heat, the AC was out, and we're in Texas. It's 105 degrees outside, and the pastor walks in full suit. We're all dying, like sitting <laughs> in the pews, and he walks in full suit. He ascends to the pulpit, and he keeps the suit on the whole time, and he's sweating, just pouring down his face, and he's wiping his face. I'm like, Take off your freaking jacket, man. <laughs> like, what is this? Like, roll up your sleeves, take off the jacket, but it, the man of God must preach from the pulpit in a suit. Yes, yeah. That's, you're right. It's hyper-spiritual, yeah. We, we, develop that. we develop our cultures, and it's 
it's really hard to shake those. I came to a time in my life where, you know, when I started out, I didn't have a lot of that stuff attached to me. And I came, <laughs> when we went back to pastor at Faith Temple there, I realized, man, a lot of junk. It's kind of like barnacles on a ship going through the ocean. You know, you, every now and then you just have to scrape them all off because yeah. they just naturally attach themselves to you. And it's hard to go back and realize what is truly biblical mm. and what's just my culture or my religious culture, particularly, you know, that, hey, man. Well, is that the kind of, I mean, do you see anybody in Acts saying amen to the apostle? It's not like it's wrong to do that, yeah. but it's not necessarily more spiritual either. Right. Or or the, the, the hot thing nowadays is you're more spiritual if you're cool drinking and smoking cigars. Yeah. Like that's what CS Because I have did. liberty. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a, I got the liberty. I'm yeah. a new a nouveau Calvinist and I'm and the elect and so I'm gonna smoke cigars and talk theology. It's like yeah. dude, like that's the spiritual thing. Like yeah. whatever. Is man. that and there's I, I sub well, I, I'm gonna hold it. There's probably nothing wrong with that. We're probably by the way, we're gonna probably tick off every person that listens to us on the show at some point because they're all Well that's okay. <laughs> there's gotta be somebody out there that agrees with us. What they what they idolize, <laughs> somebody's gonna be like, Yeah, wait, yeah. that's my thing. That's what yeah, I that's idolize. What I yeah. Well I had to just throw a bunch of stuff off, you know, because i just realized, yeah, it's just it's like this culture thing. And I had a bunch of people who were upset with me, you know, over it. But you know, I'm quenching the spirit and I go, I don't know. I don't see that that's the spirit. If it's genuine, then I want it. I, so I, as I say, we're probably far enough down the road that I can show, like, pull the curtain away and tell that secret trick you did that one time where you're, you're having a real problem with, like, loony worship, right? Like, people doing crazy stuff during worship. Really? Yeah. And you told me what yeah. you did is you decided to start with the sermon and then do the music afterwards to kind of kill that. Well, it was not my idea. It was something that I heard. I thought it was the dumbest idea I'd ever had. It wasn't my idea. but You, I, you said I, it worked, though. It did. It was amazing. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I, uh, well, what happened, I went to this seminar for pastors, and this guy's saying that you should start off with a preaching, and I'm thinking, that's a dumb idea. You know, so then I'm in an elders meeting a few weeks later, and we're talking about something, something comes up about worship. One of the elders says, well, I think we should just start with the preaching. I'm going, you weren't at that conference. Where did you get this dumb idea? In an effort to resolve the kind of lunacy no, that was just, happening. No, he was that. saying, I just love to start with that. And so I'm thinking, oh. So, so I heard, and then a third person said the same thing. So I thought, okay, Lord, I'm listening. We'll give it a shot for a month. I'm only going to do it a month. And this was early on in this church where you had just taken it over and yeah. they had gone through some crazy, devastating split it stuff. It was nutty. So you came in and... I like, was embarrassed to invite people yeah, to my like own church. The the lunatics had taken over the asylum essentially. Yeah, yeah. They brought you in the, as the chief lunatic. <laughs> the chief. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure if that was a compliment. Well, they were so desperate. You know, any sinking yeah, ship like, will take anybody for the captain. You know, like so. I said, loons love you. Anyway, <laughs> so but but that ended up being brilliant because you starting with the preaching kind of broke that culture. Yeah, it wasn't my idea though. I mean, I thought it was a dumb idea, and I was so glad when it was over with because it, you know you come to church and it's like. Okay, let's start the worship. I'm looking at my clock. Well, they need to be going. I go, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm up. I'm up. It's me. You know, I got to get up there. It's just like this cold environment. People are still wandering in, and you're trying to teach the word. You know, and so it. But it, it did. It was a tool God used, and I, yeah, it was weird. So I don't recommend that for anybody. I was so glad when that month was over. But then we went back, and I realized, wow, it's just like normal. People are coming in. They're involved in worship. They're engaged. It's not like we shut everything down, but the weird stuff wasn't happening. It had kind of broken the cycle. Of, yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because there is this element of you come to expect a certain thing when you show up at church, and whatever your cool thing is at that church, yeah. maybe some of that has been disrupted because of uh, just the, all the disruptions we've seen in because of, you know, the pandemic uh, yeah. in churches, we've seen a lot of churches shifting and making changes. And but you're right, that's a that's a good point. So hyper hyper spiritual people. Yeah, you mentioned the hurt. 
Why would they use hyper-spirituality as a defense mechanism for their hurt? Well, that's a good question. I think... Because uh, that, that's not where I would go. I would just go like anger and self-defense. Well, but, it's kind of... It's sort of, the, it's sort of the Christian equivalent of intelligentsia type of thing, you know? Because mm. you, you know the situation. You've seen people who are always flaunting... Flaunting. Flaunting. Yeah, flaunting. Flaunting. Floundering. Anyway... We can edit that, right? Uh, anyway, you've seen people are always flaunting. Flaunting. It's just not coming out today. Flaunting their, you know, the latest book they read or the little bit yeah, of intelligence yeah. they might have, you know, so they read something, they quote something. And or that's, the latest statistic. Yeah. Yes. Ex- so it kind of makes you feel like I've got like a one up on you because I knew this and you didn't, you mm-hmm. know? And so in the spirit realm, though, you know, in the Christian realm, it's more if you understand the eschatological implications of, of something or other. Of you know? current events around yes. us, yes. Uh, this is ushering yeah. in the Antichrist I right actually, here. I actually got a text the other day. Somebody asked me, so uh, what, is your, what is your take on the atonement? Are you for the penal substitutionary atonement role, or are you for the Christus Victorus? What? <laughs> came from jonathan i was so proud of him my brother your brother yeah. and oh, i said life. well jonathan i'm, I'm he probably pe- had some loon ask him well he actually kind of <laughs> did he kind of did but i was so proud of him well good jonathan actually i think there's some problems with the penal substitutionary uh, uh, uh um, atonement method but that's the one everybody goes for that's the word did, Je- that's, did jesus pay the price for your sin or did jesus release like wipe out your sin did Jesus die to pay the price for our sins? Oh, yes. you want to go here with this? Just for a second. You've got 30 seconds. Okay. Wrap it up. We'll just, this will just mess everybody up for <laughs> okay. next time. The problem with the we all say Jesus paid the price for our sin. Well, if Jesus paid the price for our sin, then the Father did not forgive us. Mm. The price was paid. Yeah. And that's not forgiveness. If you have to pay the price, then yeah. we weren't forgiven. So, Which is justice. True. Yeah. That he poured out his justice on his son. Right. Yeah. See, and there's I have a problem with that too. I didn't used to until I started thinking about it. Okay. And then I realized there's another answer. But I guess that'll be for another podcast. <laughs> so this is a perfect example of, of where it doesn't really matter. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. So but it's one of those things where you can use it to intimidate. Intimidate. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And therefore I can keep you at a distance from me. If you're too intimidated to right. approach Oh, me. you don't know what that means? Well, yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what Zechariah one thirteen says and what yeah. it means? No, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. So it's, it is a defense mechanism, but it's yeah. also, and it's almost indefensible. In, like you can't you defend can't. against it. No. So, it's like the Lord told me. Well, if the Lord told you, then it's got to be right. I know. What do I a, do with that? You know? That's a classic one. Like, yeah. well, the Lord told me that you're this. And I'm like, well, oh, well, then how am I going to argue with that? Like, yeah. yeah. And then when it tanks... What are you going to do? Was it the Lord that told you that? Yeah, it, you know. Yeah, it's a the Lord told me. That's a one that that really triggers me when I hear that. Well, and that's again, that's where all those things are to be judged because yeah. it may be right, it may be wrong. Yeah, fifty fifty chance. And I guess I don't mind when somebody says the Lord told me, but when they're like the Lord told you through me, I'm like, whoa, yeah, hold up. Like the the Lord yeah. told me she's the one that's gonna that I'm gonna marry, and then the girls like the Lord told me to break up with him. We're like, wait, <laughs> somebody ain't hearing the Lord here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, it's it's again we do that we do that out of one or two things. It's not always hurt. Sometimes we do that out of that's what we feel like is expected of us in our in our culture. The culture, yeah, the culture that we're in. So if we're in a church that's very big onto that, and you're always hearing from the Lord, and you're always hearing this and that, and you think about it, Abraham, what three or four times in his whole life he heard from the Lord, 
There really weren't that many times. And one or two of me didn't really want to hear it. Yeah. Take your son out and go (laughs) sacrifice him. So there there really aren't that many times, and I think God guides us mostly in the New Testament by our spirit to where we're not really getting these, you know, writings in the clouds and angelic appearances and things like that. There's a place for those. I think they still happen. Yeah. But most of the guidance is going to be you just following the principles of the word, putting one foot in front of the other, doing what's right today, doing what's right tomorrow, just following the principles, and God guides us through those which when you're doing that you typically it's so humbling you don't have a lot of confidence to say the lord told oh, yeah, me thus you you're just like i think maybe uh possibly okay and so it's kind of onward through the fog and then you look back and you see wow that really was the lord guiding me yeah but this idea of having this confidence up front that you know this is how it's going to be I, that's a probably a sign of actual spiritual immaturity yeah. When everything has to be so certain. Well, and it's interesting. The other thing, too, is the only people who you never find an adult saying, oh, look how tall I am. Look yeah, how tall that's I am. Right. It's always the little kids who, who are in, concerned with how mature they're growing, how big they're getting to be. You know, it's the little kids. You know, there's our mo- one of our most popular podcasts, I was looking at the analytics of it the other day, is the one on how to be mature. And oh, I really? thought, how interesting that people are like, how do you be mature? Like, <laughs> that's one of the most popular podcasts. If you, wow. have, if you haven't listened to it, go check it out. On the, uh, it's a couple months back. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's that element of like, you always wonder, like, I don't feel very mature. Am I mature? And if you don't feel very mature, you probably are. Probably. It's like humility. If you, as soon as you feel like you've yeah, got it, you've lost yeah, it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Which maybe the... Maybe that's what to close on is maybe the truly spiritual people are the ones who don't feel very spiritual a lot of the time. I, yeah, is is I, that too Zen sounding? Yeah, it sounds Ooh. pretty. Yeah, sounds those pretty. who say they are aren't, and those who aren't <laughs> say they are. Yeah, I read that in Fortune Cookie. <laughs> that's right. No, but I mean that's that's probably a real sign of it. Is like the the ones that seem yeah. to be the most spiritual oftentimes aren't, and oftentimes it's the people that are just kind of onward through the fog and be faithful yeah. and trust the Lord here, and. And if you're one of those people, it's like, man, I'm, the Lord's never spoken to me. You don't need to be intimidated by these hyper-spiritual people that are always hearing a voice yeah. from the Lord in their prayer time. G- trust that the Lord is speaking to you. He's guiding you even when you don't have to. And when you, know, you don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say, I would agree with that, that it is. Because the, it seems the closer I get to the Lord, the more I realize how far I am away from him. Mm-hmm. You know, the more you realize how unlike him you are. Because, again... When you're a new believer, you figure, oh, I got a couple little problems. I get those dealt with. That'll be perfect. Yeah. And then as you get to That's when I, more. I need meat now. I'm ready. Yeah. I've moved past She's my ready. little problems. Yeah. <laughs> be nice to her, though. She okay. really needs healing. This podcast was produced by Alex Burleson, alexburleson.com. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more from Joelle, you can visit joellemalm.com. Or if you want more from Rick, you can visit rickmalm.com. Please consider leaving a review on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you downloaded this podcast. Thanks again for listening.